Hello, everyone, and welcome to the American Scouser podcast. I'm Gally, and I'll be hosting tonight. And with me from Wilmington, North Carolina tonight is Jamie. Jamie, how are we doing? All good. All good here on a, on a Thursday evening, folks. Have to be good after an afternoon like our Reds had. And Scott, also joining us from North Carolina tonight, this Northeasterner is uh, outnumbered on this podcast by the folks <laughs> from the great state of North Carolina. So, Scott, how are we doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Celebrating our uh, win like it's a Saturday night, even though I have work at 6 a.m. <laughs> well, we, we all will, but for the next 60 minutes, we're not going to worry about tomorrow's work. We're just going to enjoy <laughs> it. Sounds good to me. So... Uh, thank you to everyone who's joining us. Uh, we appreciate you here on our second weekly Thursday podcast. And this is not a post-match review or anything that we're doing for the League Cup. This is something that we are going to be bringing to you every week throughout the season, uh, a midweek pod. That will be a mixture of hosts and a potpourri of guests with all different types of topics and new segments and hopefully a lot of interaction from you listeners. So, uh, we appreciate you very much for tuning in. We're going to get right to it here, guys. And we're going to start with the news of the week. We know the big match today. We're going to get to the Arsenal win and our trip to Wembley. But before that, I thought probably uh, some of the best news of the week was earlier when it was announced that young Harvey was back in action. So back in full training with the big boys, with the club, uh, miraculously, you know, I honestly think um, at the midway point of this season, if he has a big impact the second half of the way, we might give the physios who got on the pitch in less than a minute and reset his ankle before the ligament damage happened, you know, some uh, player of the year awards. Um, the comeback player of the year might be Harvey in the same season. He had a dislocation at, on his ankle. Uh, Oh, to be 17 years old and have a body that feels <laughs> like a teenager. Um, but we're not going to sit here and talk about Harvey's boyish looks or his beautiful locks, but we are going to talk about uh, our expectations. So, Jamie, I'm going to start with you. What, what are your expectations in the immediate term for young Harvey, and what do you see his role looking like uh, down the second half part of this stretch of this campaign? Two excellent questions. Um, both the, 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 they shouldn't be connected, really, should they, like after what just happened? Um, by that, I mean he, he shouldn't have a role in this second part of the season. Um, my expectations for him, I mean, listen, if you're a Liverpool fan, you've been on board for seven ten years you know 20 like some of us our whole lives like many older than me um you know to curtail your expectations a little bit with these top young talents that that we keep continuously bringing through because we've been there you know we've been there with um woodburn and ive and i mean you can name them all um Regardless, we do have some fantastic youth right now. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, that that does make me uncomfortable. The fact that he's being talked about as a as a as an option, um, considering the horrible injury he just got. But um, yeah, just just to give Daz a quick shout out as well. Um, we are going back to Wembley. Yes, lads. There you go. We're the greatest team in the I have this feeling. I have this feeling throughout this podcast. I'm going to ask questions. People are going to give answers. And then randomly, Jamie's just going to break out into song <laughs> and remind everyone we're still going to Wembley. And we're there's really no fun. problem with that. No, no I'm all for it. But, um, I mean, but I mean, yeah, little Elliot, I mean, Scott Tallis, I mean, like, seriously. I, an injury like that, yeah, he's built of like rubber bands and elastic and like made like a young gazelle and can run all day. Um, what do you think? Yeah, um, I mean, listen, that that injury was absolutely horrific. I remember that game. They didn't even show replays because they didn't want the public really seeing that again. Um, for the medical staff, all props to them to get, you know, his his foot fixed up, his ankle fixed up as quick as possible, as well as his uh, recovery. Um, 
the the fact that he's in you know first team training in January is is frankly remarkable. Um, I think that Jurgen and his staff are going to be smart enough to kind of hold him back just a bit, even though Pep uh, went in his uh, press conference last week and uh, basically said, how, how can you hold a player like that back when he was playing as he was in, in training, which is great to hear for fans. But I, I do think that uh, the responsible thing to do is, is definitely make sure that his, his minutes are just eased back in. There, there's no reason for him to push push himself until he thank you for the shout out Bows. <laughs> you know i i do i do appreciate that and uh but yeah uh well done to harvey well done for his work and and hopefully uh hopefully he continues on his recovery until we can start seeing him in games live yeah i i think the biggest piece for me is that he's back and that he's fit and he's playing with the first team, which adds the depth to the midfield that we really need. What I don't want to see is, is the over um, the overuse of a young lad. And I was worried at the beginning of the year that he was, you know, almost going to be heavily too heavily relied on at too quick a pace because of exactly what Jamie said. We've seen some other players flash out. We've seen players have injuries. Um, Clearly, you know, he beefed up in the offseason. His uh, loan last year was just a brilliant sign. Uh, I think it's classic Liverpool management. They don't love loaning players out because they feel you can do better in the youth system. And you can do better training within their ranks. But in a case like Harvey, he couldn't get what he got at Blackpool here. Or at Blackburn, I'm sorry, here. He needed to play against adults. And he needed to play against men that would kick him. And he thought, could the back. And I think I that was, was Yeah, I thought it was absolutely incredible if you look back into the beginning of the season, the fact that he was starting. I mean, the the man, you know, the, the kid uh was playing, like you said, against men, and he was really showing himself prior to injury. I mean, it it was really a joy to watch. And to take his performances in the beginning of the season. And, and just know what can come and then kind of tell yourself, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's coming off a really bad injury. We don't need to push him for him to get back to that moment. But eventually he'll, he'll get there. So here, I guess, is where I will push you then uh, and ask you a question, Scott. Because I completely agree with you. Uh, but it is now January 20th. We are thin in the midfield. I know he's not fit today, and I wouldn't want him out on the pitch if he was. But we clearly need some reinforcement or some depth in different areas. And more importantly, it's not just the players we're missing. We're clearly missing a piece, a piece that Harvey, I think, was there to fill on that right side to create. And would you say, and I love using my air quotes here, right, for anyone listening on the podcast, here comes the proverbial Will Harvey Elliott be January's new signing? <laughs> be a new signing. I guess uh, I guess that's the only one that we're going to be able to get this January, right? So if, <laughs> if we're going to be able to go to sleep happy tonight, yeah, he's our signing for January. Um, we recalled I, some people as well, didn't we? That's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, young young Reese came back today. Uh, they just announced that they've uh, recalled him from loan. So a second another, new another signing, new right? signing. Yeah, second we're, new we're, sign. We're, we're just filling the coffers here. Yeah, well, so much for people saying we don't sign players, right? You know, just not under 20 years old. Maybe that's the <laughs> Or over 20 years old, that is. No, I, I, I honestly do think the proverbial question, you know, not, not to go too far with it, he will be a, a joy to add into that team. I, I He will act like a new signing in first training when it comes to the fact that there's a guy that they haven't seen for months coming in and showing what he can do. It, it adds that level of, uh, you know, competitiveness to first team training, just something else for players to play against when it comes to their 7v7s, their 4v4s. And I think that can only raise everyone else's game. Um, for him to actually come into games and, like you said, be that right center mid that offers some sort of creativity, some sort of flair on the ball, 
um, for, for as much as Henderson has done for us, and I am a huge advocate for his place in the team, Flair is not one of his strong suits. And not to say that's a bad thing, but it's always important to make sure that you have a second option or a plan B, like we spoke last week. And, and it's really nice to see for the first time since Harvey's injury that there is some sort of plan B that we can use. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and then another bright spot that's really, you know, in my opinion, is really shown this week uh, between the Brentford match and then again uh, today, and we'll get to more of his performance later against Arsenal, um, has been the play of, of Curtis Jones. And, you know, getting back on the pitch, getting back inside that starting 11, earning his spot, and really, you know, I think making an argument that when Keita and Ox and himself and Thiago are all fully fit, that he is staking a claim that he feels that he has every bit, you know, to be in that midfield trio alongside Fabinho, Henderson, or whomever else that um, Klopp is rolling out there. Jamie, what were your thoughts so far this week and what you've seen recently, you know, Curtis, since he's been back from the COVID and from the IMD? I mean, Curtis is another one of those young kids who's, who's breaking through, who's just amazing. Like I, like I was saying earlier on, like if, if you've been a Liverpool fan for 10 plus years, you know the, the wealth we place in, in youth development. Um, and it's amazing. And like, you know, I mean, it's difficult. Like Curtis is brilliant. I, I love him. Um, you know, Nabi will come back and like, Boaz, tell me phonetically, uh, type it in the comments if I'm fucking up your name, if I'm butchering your name, but how are we pronouncing? Is it Boaz or, Bo anyway. But like you said, <laughs> we're missing Tiago as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, we are we are missing some depth in midfield. Curtis is great. Um, he's had a tough time with injury. Yes, he got poked in the eye, and we joked about that last week, like kind of Scott was saying as well. Um, nice one, Boaz. Cheers. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. Um, it it kind of ties in with Harvey as well. You know, like, they're they're both great up and coming, but we should have a midfielder. And like we've all discussed, we're, we didn't replace Genie. Let, let's not get over that. That's a that's a reality. You know, the, the man played 50-something games last, last season. Um, and Nabi Kaida and Tiago and Hendo included can barely get 50 games together. <laughs> um, you throw Ox in there. I know he's playing up front these days. But, yeah, I mean, like Harvey Elliott, going back to the whole whole shebang here that we started off with, like I love Harvey. He looks great. He looked great at the start of the season. Um, if he'd ever got the injury, he probably still would have been playing and still progressing, which is the hard pill to take. But, you know, these kids are are playing great. Um, Curtis is fantastic. Like today, today I'm sure we'll get on to the game, but he was brilliant. Always loved his his in, his in, his endeavor to go forward. Like he's cheeky. He's a he's a he's a scouser at heart. Um, yeah, we're going to Wembley. We are going to Wembley. Hey, Jamie, let me let me join in on the on the idea about Curtis. I mean, the today in our you know. Just playing one, for one us today there for, for the the listeners that aren't on the podcast sorry it's got daz daz o'connor just in case you forgot lads we're going to wembley and anyway. we are going to wembley <laughs> <laughs> i i think that the fact that we had we had four academy products playing today we we had trent kelleher jones and gordon and and that youth that's coming in that's able to step up like you said with the big boys is incredibly impressive. And I think Jones is so unique because he's so different to anything that we've seen. And I'll pose this question to you guys. Do you think Jones is the best dribbler from midfield that we've had maybe since Coutinho for, for several years? I think that's a tough one. I think that when you when when there are different players on the side, I think when Ox is at, was at his finest in the – the Champions League run before his knee injury, he was driving at players from deep in midfield as well as anyone. Um, as there's, we've a a lot of time. there's a subtle difference between those two, dribbling and driving through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I, I, he he did dribble though. He he took it on. He took players on. The other thing is, is I I, I think we undervalue that is probably Navi Kata's number one skill is True. dribble. 
And, you know, the when we've seen the, the class Navicator, right, the two, three touches and the ball's in the top bin, right. uh, it's usually him picking the ball up, taking on two defenders with a quick move and shooting. It's what made him a big player at Leipzig. I love the question, but to Daz's point, we might have gone just far enough without actually getting to the crooks of the tail for today, which was, <laughs> of course, the match at Arsenal. So <laughs> I want to talk here about uh, the lineup to start because there was a little bit of a surprise in there um, with young Gordon getting the nod. I will hold my comments on it for a little bit. Um, those who are in our Discord channel, you know, I was a little bit surprised and miffed, honestly, at the choice, uh, but I'll, I'll share my reasoning behind that after. For those of you who don't know about our Discord channel and would you like information or want to get involved in a growing LFC community that you can talk all things Liverpool, uh, feel free to drop your name or email in the chat and we can make sure and get an invitation uh, sent out to you. So, Scott, let's start here with you. What was your initial impression with the lineup uh, when you saw it, you know, come across your phone or your computer at work when you were avoiding uh, not getting caught watching soccer? That's right. That's exactly what I was doing. Um, I I absolutely loved it. Uh, I actually gave a shout to Gordon last week, kind of uh, nudging him to start against Brentford. Uh, it That didn't happen, and instead he started against the better team. He started against Arsenal. And uh, the, the fact that we are trusting a 17-year-old to start in a must-win game was incredibly pleasing to see. Um to, to be the devil's advocate, would there have been other options? Yes, of course. There, there's a, definitely more experience on the bench that inevitably came into the game, right? But for, for the fact that a 17-year-old a academy product is coming to, to start a match that is going to lead to us, by the way, getting to Wembley, uh, is, is incredibly impressive. And uh, the the rest of the lineup, the other ten, I think, picks itself just just based on who we have available as well as recent form in games. I, I liked it. I was a big fan of it for sure. And Jamie, what were your uh, thoughts on Kay Gordon getting a start in just his third appearance in such a big match, and it being on the road in a League Cup semifinal? Excited, man. Excited. Like, put yourself in his shoes. He gets the start upside Bobby and one of the hottest properties in footballing world right now. Not just in FIFA, in reality as well. I mean, Jada is just Diogo, man. I mean, I love, I love him to bits. He, <laughs> like, I knew he was going to make an impact. Uh, Almost an instant impact. Like I'm, I'm, I knew it was going to be good, but this is not good. This is this is a headache. How good he is. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if if Mo and Mane are in that in that lineup, Bobby's not getting in. If or maybe Mane. Either way, do you know what I'm saying? Like he's forcing a, a top player out every week because of his drive, because of his skill level his directness i mean everything about his play is concise it's to the point it's i'm gonna take my game to you and you're not gonna do nothing about it yeah jamie great point i i think to add to it you know when when we got jota i remember when it was announced most fans were maybe reserved excitement right right we knew we knew he was capable of playing well in the Premier League, but to take a step from Wolves to Liverpool it is a significant jump, especially when you have the front front three that we did. Mm -hmm. So we bought him maybe on the idea that he could complement the front three, that he could he could offer solace and you know maybe giving one a break, but he has forced his way in to basically a a situation where it's a headache not to play not to play him you you have to put him on the field right i mean, I mean I don't, absolutely. 
Yeah, I, I think his play right now speaks for itself. I will say that I think when all four are back, I do believe we will see rotation um, with the Champions League. We're going to the League Cup final. We're going to have the FA Cup, hopefully, and a, a deeper run in that. You know, something we haven't had in years past, right? Deep cup, uh, domestic cup runs, which mm -hmm. add to, to some rotation. I do think there are specific matchups where the, you know, the big three of Bobby, Mo, and Mane will get the nod because of Bobby's pressing from the front and his, you know, ability to drop back and play a little bit of a different role. But I do believe that, you know, Jota is going to play a major role through the rest of uh, through the rest of this campaign and years to come. I will say this. I think part of the fatigue with Jota when he got here from the fans and the unrest was that we had just gone through a year and a half of gearing ourselves up that Timo Werner was the perfect Jurgen <laughs> Klopp foil. And that he oh, was dodged a bullet there. Um, you never know. He could have come to us and scored 30 goals in his first season. It's weirder things have happened. He doesn't look like a player in England to me. Nice to see uh, our 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 host has uh, found his way onto YouTube to catch us tonight. Uh, Timuchin checking in with a hey hey from the airport on his way to New Orleans. I hope you and the family have a great trip. I think what we have to look at here um, is is really where this team goes with the kids. And I think Darren makes a great point here. You know, we love Klopp because he gives kids a chance. There's no point in having them in the academy if you're not going to push some lads through the first team squad. And I couldn't agree more. Now, I'll play my devil's advocate when I saw the lineup today. I thought that Kai Gordon earned his spot on the bench in the Brentford match based on his performance against Arsenal in, the sec in those 10, 15 minutes, and he was bright. I thought that he had all the right in the world to expect a start at some point down the road, maybe even that next FA Cup game, and continue to get bench performances and fight his way maybe even to being on the substitute bench when our players start to return from AFCON and, and when the matchups determine it. I don't think it sends a great message through the squad for a player that's 17 years old to get that start in that moment. Um, I understand why Jurgen did it, and I also believe he did it because he wanted Taki to come off the bench because I think he believes what Taki does is give you 20 minutes of energy and maybe a big finish at the end. And that if he has to play 70 minutes, he's probably going to be pushed off the ball. He's probably going to lose the fitness just based on his sheer uh, physicality, which is kind of funny, right? Yeah. That a 27-year-old's getting run off the pitch. That a 17-year-old <laughs> can stay on the pitch longer than a 27-year-old. But that's there are just physical differences in their attributes. I personally would have started Taki today. He took his goal against Brentford. I would have instilled, the, hopefully instilled the confidence in him off the miss last week. Um but I expect him now to start against Crystal Palace on Sunday. So I think Jurgen has these, these are multiple steps in, in advance and we'll, we'll get to the Palace game, but uh, enough on the lineup and, and young Gordon, I will say this. I thought he was invisible for the first 45 minutes and the two times he touched the ball in the first final third, he turned the ball over. And once he turned it over in a really critical spot that put both Montip and Trent in a little bit of peril. And that's what makes me nervous when you start the kid. It's not his talent or his ability. It's the pressure that comes with it in such a big moment. But he performed and all for the kid. I'm so happy for him. You know, it's wonderful to see the, the big smiles and the hugs as they come on and off the pitch. So let's go to a little bit more. Diamonds are made under pressure, Galley. <laughs> you know, the problem is, is in his two big pressure spots so far, he's fluffed his lines. No, I... I'm 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 in complete agreement with you. He, he no. it, it speaks to how we haven't got a decent backup that bridges that gap between excellent youth and and Mo Salah, right? You know, that's, like the, the that's a wealth of of a gap. You know, it is, and that and that was really where I was kind of going with the comments was was that I think the pressure is there, and that's great. But when we look at it, right, we'll read tomorrow how wonderful the young lad played because it was great. He got through the time and he made no big mistake. Be because we won. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Again, and last week it was all on Taki for missing a wide open net. And Gordon did it today and he did it in the final 10 minutes of the Brentford game one-on-one -on -one with the keeper. 
it's not that the kid's not going to score boatloads of goals for us, and he's wonderful. But at the same time, this is one of those scenarios, and I think Boaz <laughs> is getting it right here. Uh, every one of these matches that happens that we roll someone else on the right, Mo Salah makes a little bit more money. But I don't have the energy to talk about Mo Salah's contract on a day when, and let's wait for it, we can't talk about contracts when we have something as blank as this graphic. Guys, I think we're going to Wembley. Wembley. And there For it is. Without the view of sight, we're going to Wembley on the 27th of February. We're the greatest <laughs> team in Europe. We're going to Wembley. Wembley. And it is it is going to be a wonderful day, right? It, uh, the Reds fans, it's been a long time since we went to Wembley to play for a big boy trophy. And I know it's just the League Cup, but it is a domestic cup that, you know, confirms European places. I know we'll finish in the top four anyways. But to me, that still means something. Anytime you can win a trophy and take a winner's medal in um, to the trophy cabinet, I think you have to go all out. And, I, you know, it is nice to play a team like Chelsea. I, I, I'm happy it's Chelsea and not a, you know, a Villa or the year that United or City ran through Brighton 6-1 to one after going behind 1-0. I'm happy we're playing a top side that's going to put out a quality European opponent Hopefully it'll be a great day at Wembley and our uh, our boys will bring home the trophy and the winner's medals that they deserve because this team deserves more than two to three pieces of silverware in that cabinet for what they've been building. And this will go a long way. So let's talk a little bit here before we get off that Arsenal match about individual performances. Um, Jamie, I'm going to start with you. Do you believe that Matip was taken off at halftime in a tactical situation for an injury or possibly with an eye on Sunday, not having his best day, and maybe he can get, you know, 90 in on Sunday because he only played 45 today? I mean, there's a little bit of truth in all of those. So, actually, yeah, you've covered all my bases there. Um, you've answered the question for me, at Galley. Well done. Um, <laughs> But yeah, for those listening, um, Boaz is commenting here nonstop. He wants to talk about Fabinho. He wants to talk about uh, the first one of the year. Let's go. We're going to Wembley. Uh, Chelsea's <laughs> weaker now mentally than earlier in the season. But also, Daz, Daz O'Connor, you know, we all know Daz from, um, uh, what's it, the Liverpool Connection podcast, the ATX. Those guys done a great podcast with Ricky Lambert. I'm sure that was great. I, I've got it on my listening um, to-do list. But, um, yeah, I mean, one last thing on, on Kyde Gordon that Daz was saying. It, Daz made a comment that said something like, um, shows the faith that, that uh, Klopp has placed in him. And, I mean, if we're singling out people like Matip for the 45, I mean, I, th I think, like I said, a little bit of all of those are true. Like, he, he was definitely kept within an eye, like, he, he's probably one of those players that's in a red zone every week in, week out. Like, by red zone, I mean he's potential to get a, an injury anytime. Like, you just don't know with him. You don't know whether <laughs> he's going to make a 60-yard run with the ball. You don't know if he's going to fall over. I mean, I love him to bits, but probably you're right. He, he's been kept, um, kept sort of match sharp with that 45. That 45 is enough. I, I think it's incredible, though, I, the, the fact that he's shown just the the repetitive injury issues, the niggling issues that have happened throughout his entire tenure at Liverpool. And this season, we clearly see that they are managing him differently. They are they are definitely restricting not just in, in important games, because in the past he's had to play those important games, even if it meant he wasn't fully fit or he was, you know, feeling something at halftime, things like that. Now, I think there's definitely a change in how he's being managed that, you know, you let today for all for all intents, we we don't know if he had an injury or not, right? If if he did have an injury, obviously we have a player in Konate that's capable of coming in and giving Matip the rest he requires. If he didn't have an injury, well, why push it? We have a player capable of coming in and playing the minutes required. I'm playing 45 minutes, no exactly. problem. 
Exactly. And then be able to go on and, and we have Crystal Palace at the weekend. And if Matip is the one picked, he he's come off, you know, gotten the rest he was acquired, done his job and can go again. And I have no issue with that. Um, I think that in terms of, you know, individual performances throughout the day, I, I, I thought that um, obviously we can talk about those first 20 minutes. I thought Arsenal was really pushing us. I thought specifically down our right side. Um, I think we can attribute that to maybe, you know, Gordon maybe not coming back and giving Trent as much cover as he's normally, you know, expecting from from whoever plays out right. But, you know, after those 20 minutes, we, we definitely found a whole lot more composure. We found possession, control, and, and frankly, maturity to ping the ball around and, and wait for our moment. And it, it came in that 20th minute when uh, Trent put Jota through and, and Jota the Slota put it right in the net where he needed to. <laughs> My God. I mean, I t- we could we could spend another thirty minutes easily. It, we're at the thirty minute mark. We could spend thirty minutes talking about Diogo Jota. He's got <laughs> two new songs, three new songs out. I mean, the man. Oh God! But here for uh, Gali, do you want to read uh, the Turkish stallion's comment here? Yeah, we're gonna bring that one up here and, and talk a little bit about it because I do want to touch on Matip. You know, and you know, Timutin, our standard host, has commented here. Having a healthy Kanate to be able to come in and do that is great luxury to have. This is where the depth pays off. And 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 to his point, you know, we 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 talk about this a lot. Like we talk about the depth of this squad and at what positions we have that strength. And I feel like center back is a position that we can really rotate. I think you know you can give Virgil a day off if you have to now in a lesser match and not worry that you're going to have such a huge drop off between your number two and your number three. And that also allows Matip, to Scott's point, to not play through uh, a small little niggle in the first half that leads into, you know, a slight sprain or a small tear that would have him out for two to four weeks. I mean, we do have to remember, and I'll knock on wood, my desk is made of wood, you know, <laughs> I got Matip, Matip was the guy that we'd wrap in, wrap in wool and cotton every time he'd have to play two matches in a week, let alone make three, you know, appearances in 11 days or 12 days. So I think it's it's a great testament to the squad and to the depth that we've acquired at the back. I really feel we have that. Um, we talked depth about this is a dangerous word. <laughs> we don't need to go down the purchase. We are not talking about transfers on this podcast. This is a transfer-free <laughs> Thursday. Um, I'm just saying we don't have depth. I mean, we, we, we think we have depth. We, we're... Whew. Difficult. Yeah. It's a difficult word right now. It's Dave, very- I love you. Dave. Dave Wheelock just says Jamie forever. <laughs> I doubt it. James, Dave is James the are coming out. My wife are the only ones. You're gonna have you're gonna have to uh you're gonna have to send out all your thank you cards, Jamie, for all the people you sent messages to asking for all this love. <laughs> um so let's let's touch on the second goal and the celebration, the moment, right? It was still just one to nothing. We were still looking at things, wondering, you know, where this was going at any moment, a counterattack, a bad mental break. And that was, you know, we're going to extra time with the no away goal, no away goal um, differential any mm-hmm. longer in the League Cup. So the second goal was huge. So when you first saw it go in, did you think he was onside or offside when you saw it in live time? I I thought personally that it was onside. I thought just based on how Jota reacted and the fact that he was looking across the line as he was running, we have smart players. I, I thought that he was purposely staying on it and inevitably that's how it ended up. I think the Different fact question. Was- see him see him hint. What did you think the call was gonna be? Now, you know what? I was not surprised that the flag went up. When you see Jota running in on net with that much space in London, that flag's going up all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, as soon as he gets it, right, that's the the slip happens, right? And then it falls to Trent. Trent plays it over the top. Oh, my word. Brilliant ball. And... You're just thinking, don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't you. Oh, 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 God. 
And you're the, like, the control that he had bringing it down on the chest, which is now the second time in a row, because remember, that's how Xhaka got the red card. Very similar play when a ball over the top, Xhaka taking it control from his chest. It, it For me, first thing I thought of was that Suarez goal when he took it down in his chest and rounded the keeper. I well, mean, let's not get crazy. Let's well, not, no, I'm, it was I'm a beautiful goal. It was a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful goal. That was a lob from 75 yards, which he took off his chest, off his left peg, and swooped it around the keeper and I mean, got it in between the goalposts. Don't, don't get me wrong. Here and throw him out with the trash, but we are not going to go there yet because <laughs> I won't even put that as Jordan's best goal for Liverpool. But it was an amazing finish. Um, it showed his composure. What it showed more than anything is he has the confidence right now. That play, that play was in his locker when he played for Wolves. That play is in his locker when he slips on the Portugal uniform. But the difference was is he didn't have the confidence he has playing with the other 10 guys at Liverpool and in front of the Anfield crowd. You see a different player. Now, if I had to play next to Cristiano Ronaldo for Portugal, carry his luggage, carry his weight, and then tell him <laughs> he looks good when he doesn't pass me the ball – I'd probably be frustrated and down tools too. I mean, Bruno pouts on the bench for Portugal. So no reason to talk about those dregs on a day where. Let's <laughs> Golly, all I would pay good from. money to see me and you line up alongside Cristiano Ronaldo. Two pasty white Irishmen with bodies like 15-year-olds, I believe you've been throwing that comment yeah. around. Like yeah, and, I, and it might be lying. That might be an exaggeration and a lie. Um, but. We're not going to talk about the on a day where we are going to Wembley. We are going to Wembley. Wembley, <laughs> Wembley, and and Wembley. to celebrate to celebrate us to celebrate us going to Wembley, uh, and and my my drink of the game day, an ode to Diogo Jota. I have a Portuguese port for the day, a, a nice wine to a little ode to him. Lovely. So, do you want a little factoid? About Go ahead. Sport? I mean, I, I, my father's a fisherman. His father was a fisherman. I mean, we're Irish. It's in the blood. So, port, right? Apparently, port was always passed to the left. And it was never stopped. Like, the circle was never stopped. So, it would, it, you literally passed the bottle around until it got finished. Well, hey. If it's not allowed to touch the table. It's not allowed if, to touch nothing. It just it, it's constantly passed. If that coincides to uh, some sort of spiritual way on how Jota keeps playing and, and passing the ball and getting it back, then so be it. Let let that port keep on passing. <laughs> I'll drink to that port. <laughs> and the glasses. We're not going to it as we're going to Wembley. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna kind of wrap up our discussion here on the Arsenal match. So final thoughts from the day, and let's have a – well, we can't we can't move on before we at least acknowledge <laughs> and leave knowing more about Port, which doesn't surprise me, Darren, that you came to the American Scouser podcast and learned about alcohol because it's probably <laughs> our second favorite thing to Liverpool Football Club. <laughs> number nine. We're going for number nine, boys. That's right. Well, before we go on to the final and what we think will happen, because let's not kid ourselves. I'm not going to ask you whether or not you think you're, we think you're going, they are going to win. Cause I know your answers. That's Give me right. your final uh, wrap up on today's match and just what your expectation is going forward in the final. Uh, personally, I, I thought that the, the fact that we controlled the game so so maturely we, we were able to pick our moments and and really dictate the speed of the game was incredibly impressive to me um individual shout outs to players i thought kelleher's save when you look back at that replay of that free kick i mean that that was a world class save that maybe if that came from the keeper on the other side the the you know news would be all over it, right? Absolutely. Um, I, I think that uh, Fabinho in the center, again, dominant as always, his last-ditch tackle uh, yep. on Martinelli, 
again, another moment of the game that that was incredible. And and these small moments that maybe in the games that you know we we see to a one one draw or something like that that we don't have those moments of brilliance, those individual moments of brilliance. We really need to appreciate more. And I I think that uh you know shout out to those lads and and shout out to the rest of the team because they got the job done today. I was incredibly impressed. Jamie, closing thoughts for you? Man, we're in the final. It doesn't matter what it is. You, you go out and win it now. We're in the final. Go out and win it. That's what Liverpool do. That's why Wembley's called Anfield South. That's right. That's that's why. You know, we're we're there. We're we're there to win. We're not there to play. This means more. I mean, seriously, look at this. For the for those listeners, we've we've won it eight times. The League Cup. Let's turn it into nine. Let's keep the trophies coming in. More silverware. The job's done. You just, you, you know, we're 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 there. Yeah. <laughs> we're it. going to Anfield South. Just got to finish the job. That's right. Yeah. So it takes us. So we take ourselves from you know opening up with the excitement at the beginning of the week of learning that Harvey was back and the squad was getting deeper, moving to the excitement of playing in the semifinal today, seeing those Arsenal fans that love to whine. I, I wish I had time uh, to watch a little Arsenal TV after the match today to hear <laughs> they complained about how this would have been different had the first leg been played at Arsenal first and the second leg was played at Anfield because that always works out so well for them. Um, well, my wine channel is is not on YouTube. Um, I'll give you the details. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna move back. We're gonna move back from um, from our reality and the euphoric uh, celebrations, and we're gonna go now over to uh, our our weekly segment where we visit with our friend Ola, and we get our Ola fantasy fix. So for all of our EPL fantasy players out there, Ola is gonna be a contributor each week, and he's gonna share his thoughts. And here is this week's video. So welcome, welcome, welcome to All Our Fantasy Fix on your favorite podcast. And looking back to the double game week 22, it wasn't too bad at all. It wasn't too bad for me. Quite a few of the decisions I took paid off well. My wild card paid off well, except the only thing that didn't pay off was Captain in Dennis because that turned out to be a menace. He didn't score more than two points, and he didn't get to play the double game week because Watford got the second game against Burnley caught off. But apart from that, it was not a bad game week at all. Looking at game week 23, we're looking at getting in Bruno. Bruno is back, and he's not scoring penalties. He's scoring goals from open play. Two goals, two assists in this double game week. He looks to be back in form, and it'll be good to get him in if you're planning on getting in a premium midfielder. And going forward, it might be good to get Harry Kane. Harry Kane, since Conte turned up, Harry Kane has been on fire. He has been doing well, and Spurs are in with a shout for Champions League spot. So Harry Kane with a goal and assist tonight when against Leicester City, and I back him to keep up that good form. If you're looking for players to put on a bench, Chelsea defenders. If you have Chelsea defenders, man, this is the best time to put them on the bench. They've not been keeping any clean sheets compared to earlier in the season. So this is be, this would be a good time to put Chelsea defenders on the bench. And looking ahead to the captain's choice, Watford are playing Norwich. So Watford have a good chance to score some goals against Norwich, but beware, Norwich can put out a shock result, just ask Everton in the previous game week, um, but it's very rare for Norwich to keep a clean sheet, so if you're looking for a guaranteed captain, probably will get goals, maybe let's go back to Dennis, the menace, <laughs> so that's the fantasy fix for this week, and uh, join me next week, and another thing to keep in mind, my final tip, there's a blank game week coming up. So if you're going to buy players, make sure you buy players who will be playing in that game week because Chelsea won't be playing that game week. And I think maybe Crystal Palace won't be playing either. So 
probably best to avoid buying any players from those clubs. That is Ola signing off on his fantasy fix. And let's, let, let's make your fantasy a reality. All right. Love it. We thank Ola. Love it. We thank Ola for his video and for taking the time um, to put that and produce it and send it over to us each week. And we're really excited to see how he does as the season progresses. So all three of us are fantasy players. This is a little bit of was a little bit of an odd week. We had a double game week that led to the fantasy um, match week not ending until this Wednesday after I think 15 or 16 days. So for many Crazy. players, it took 16 extra days to see that red arrow pointing down in the overall standing. Um, but I think Scott had a good week, uh, if I remember seeing some comments correctly. So, Scott, what, uh, how did your fantasy week go, and uh, what are your plans going into week 23? Yeah, um, I, my, my week was pleasantly surprising. Uh, you know, I have said last week that uh, fantasy is the bane of my existence. The fact that, you know... Um, Every single thing I do, whenever I get rid of a player, well, that's the player that somebody else should pick up because they're going to get two goals that week. Um, I did my wild card this week. I ended up bringing in a whole new squad, and uh, five of my players got double-digit points, which was incredible. Um, so Smeechin jumps in with Fantasy Sucks, and I want to let everyone know uh, there's, there's some weather coming through. North Carolina, I think there's an ice storm. Mm -hmm. And a message from Jamie, he did not just bow out because we were talking about fantasy and he didn't want everyone to find out how <laughs> terrible he did last week. Um, Jamie got, got knocked off. So if Jamie has a chance, he'll jump back on here on the pod. Uh, but if not, you will just have to deal with uh, the two of us for the rest of the time. Hey, I will this. That's all right with me. I'll say this about the fantasy side of things. Um, you know, Timuchin made the comment, fantasy sucks. That's usually his calling card um, when his week wasn't that great and Bickler's was good. I haven't checked the overall standings far enough down to see where Timuchin and Bickler Oof. are went. But we do. Does your, does your um, thumb hurt from scrolling? Was that the case? Or? That was kind of, well, I, I refuse to hit the second page. <laughs> um, I know the font is small, uh, but here I thought we would bring up our table as we come through uh, sitting out on after 22 game weeks. Uh, as you can see down there at the bottom of our graphic is me, Christopher Galvin, Galley, sitting in 11th place. That would be just fine, and I'd be proud of that number hovering around 100,000 in the world uh, to 8.4 million. You feel good with that until you see that your wife is sitting at the top of the table and she's basically ranked 12,000 in the world playing amongst professionals. So yeah, it doesn't matter where I finish because I'm second in my own home. And I thought I made great moves. I too, Captain Dennis the Menace, he lost the game, played poorly. She brings in Bruno and captains him and he remembers that he can play without Ronaldo and scores 23 points on a double match week. So a uh, little shout out here to Matus, uh, who has helped us tremendously at AmericanScouncer.com. On our website, he has told me his goal was to beat me. He's within seven. So like my wife, he will quickly be ahead of me and probably <laughs> talk and trash on a daily basis. So to Ola's point, um, for all of you trying to make your fantasy your reality, my reality is finishing second really, really stinks. Now, now I will say that uh, fantasy is a lose-lose situation because regardless of who you get that week. There's always a sliver of, you know, thought in the back of your mind that says, oh, well, you know, the guy that I didn't get is going to hit two goals this weekend. And inevitably that's what happens. The one who you almost press the button on ends up, welcome back, Jamie. Welcome back. <laughs> Sorry, guys. There's supposed to be a, an ice storm or something hitting Wilmington um, tomorrow. So the internet just cut out and that was that's enough right. to kick me off. I'm sorry. I, no will, I will say that, uh, like I said last week, um, whoever I get rid of is who people should pick up because they're inevitably going to drop some points big time. Uh, I'll let people know that I got rid of Lucas Mora for next game week. 
So if you guys want to go ahead and pick him up, um, I'm sure that he may get a hat trick. Daz, no. we are going to Wembley. We are going to Wembley. I'm never going to stop singing, lads. I mean, Kamuchin <laughs> joined in halfway and said, Jamie's own started singing. Jamie started singing out the gate. Jamie was born singing. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. She's probably trying to sleep next door. I'm waking the fucking neighborhood up. Like, we're going to fucking Wembley. Mickey Mouse Cup or not, I couldn't give two fucks. Silverware, my favorite, baby. My favorite part, Jamie, is you're waking up the neighborhood at 5.30 in the afternoon on the East Coast. At eight at eight fifty on the East Coast. It's my favorite part. Your whole neighborhood's sleeping and you're screaming. <laughs> and I can see it whether it was daytime or not. So let's transition away from the fantasy. Like like Dan Dad said, we moved to reality. We're going to Wembley. But before we get to Wembley, we gotta keep this press on in the Premier League. You know, um, we know the challenge to get to the top of the table is is a daunting one and maybe one that is too high of a, a a mountain to climb, but we're not going to not give it a go, right? So that starts with this Sunday, 9 a.m., on Peacock against Crystal Palace. So we have, with the 10 minutes or so we have left here, I thought we would do a little bit of uh, a preview to that match. So why don't we start with you, Scott, and focus mainly on any rotation you might think you might see players that you might think that we might see get a start uh, come Sunday in the match against Crystal Palace in the league. Yeah, I, I think uh, you mentioned one that I, I believe is uh, likely to happen in uh, Minamino getting the start, maybe potentially over Cade Gordon. Um, I think that Crystal Palace is generally a more physical a team, a larger team for sure. Um, not to do any disservice to their football because, frankly, they've been playing quite well under Patrick Vieira. So um, I, I do think that we will need to bulk up the team, maybe stronger than Cade Gordon. And, again, that may even be stronger than Taki. Um, but, but I think that you will likely see the same back line, obviously Allison coming in, um, but the same back line and the same midfield. Uh, I believe it will just be that one attacking spot that's up for grabs. Um, if Ox is fit, it it would be uh, very interesting to see if he comes back in that starting lineup like he did against Brentford. And Jamie, how about you for um, possible spots that you see freshening up where rotation could be a benefit? I'm just going to turn it right back on you, Gally, mate. I, I want to know where you fall on the matter Canade deal. Like, you asked me the question, was he stopped on? What's your what's your take? I want to know sure. who starts for you. So I think there'll be a few ro pieces of rotation in this match. I really do. I know they go into an international break um, where not every player will be going away, which is great. Um, but all the time, I always worry during those breaks. I always do as a Liverpool supporter. So... I don't mind a guy getting a rest. I could actually see Samikas getting a run out um, at left back, though Robo is in really, really fine form, especially in the Premier League. Um, Are you doing what Scott done last week and dodging my question? <laughs> dodging Tamuchin's no. question? Apparently there's oh, no I'm dodging there. questions here. You, so you, you, <laughs> you flipped the question to me about what I thought for rotation. So I started with who different wise. On Madden. On Madden. I think Kanate will start that match, but I think Kanate was starting that match either way. And I do okay. think there's probably some form of a tweak or, or a feeling. He didn't look right to me the entire first half, Matip. He didn't look comfortable on the ball. He had that weird clearance where he flipped the ball back into the into play instead of just kicking it out of bounds. He, he but just that's him. A little bit <laughs> off. Um and he looked to me like he was carrying something when he was running at times. So if that's the case, then I think he gets wrapped up in wool and cotton and put on the shelf for another match. I think that you could see Kanate in there. I think you're going to see James Milner start in the midfield for Henderson. I don't think starting Hendo three times in 11 days is, or four times actually in 11 or 12 days, is a, a really wise and thing that Jurgen Klopp is going to risk doing. I think when your depth in your midfield is wearing thinner and thinner, 
I think you have to make sure you protect some of those players. So I think we'll get a start here uh, for Milner. Excellent shout. Yeah. And I do believe uh, for the first time on a podcast, Timuchin actually agrees with me. Yeah, Timuchin <laughs> says, uh, I agree with Galley. I think that he was hurt and could not just play through it. So no way we put him in there to start. Um, and, I'm, and I'm happy someone else read it. So now yeah. it is actually fact. I didn't just say it and make it's it in up. black and white. It's yeah. there for good. The internet I, has proof. I think I think that uh, Matt Teep is interesting because every game you watch, he kind of looks like he's injured, right? You know, it, how he runs and how he presents himself on the ball. Uh, it, it never looks comfortable, but for sure, maybe even to his uh, gangly standards on, on how he runs, it, it looked a little bit off. Um, if Konate does come in, I, I really don't think that we will be losing quality to our center back. I do think that they have a different playing style. Um, and frankly, when it comes to how Crystal Palace plays, it, it would be smart to play somebody who has a stronger presence or a, a, a higher press uh, in Konate, for sure. Have you ever listened to the Peter Crouch podcast uh, where he gives where he gives defenders names and like strikers names like for me Madab looks like a giraffe trying to fight with himself. <laughs> a Canada just looks like a rhino, like a rhino on steroids on on stilts and a rhino that ate an elephant. <laughs> so so we have a couple minutes left. And we're not going to let you get out of here without giving us a prediction that hopefully by next week you will be right on because I'm assuming you're going to tell me that we're going to get a victory. Hopefully you don't get the score right so there's something we can poke fun at because uh, <laughs> that is what we like to do as hosts at American Scouser. Um, so, Scott, first you, my friend. What are you expecting for for the scoreline and your big takeaway coming into this Crystal Palace match? I, I will say last game, I was correct on my prediction to a clean sheet, and that will be my prediction again. I think that our our defense is looking tighter, especially with Allison behind that standard back four. I personally do think Robertson will play, just based on his, his current form I, and the fact that he wants to play every game, he's up for it. I think that there's no reason to stop him going. So I do think we get a clean sheet. I'm going to go with 2-0. And I'll be as specific as saying two Bobby goals. Okay. Two Bobby goals. That's right. You heard it here first. I'll agree with Scott on the 2-0, definitely. Um, but I'll go to, to Diogo Diogo Jada goals. Give me give me some Slada Jadas. <laughs> Guys are all out on scores and telling me uh, who's going to score them. I'm not going that far. I'm going to say this. My prediction for my scoreline is going to be three to none. My prediction, right, is that we're going to have a that Crystal Palace will actually throw a party when they find out that Sadio Mane won't be there. <laughs> but since August of 2017, we have played Crystal Palace nine times. And to quote the great principal Ed Rooney in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, that's nine times nine <laughs> and he scored in every single one of them Incredible. and I it's funny you say nine goal. times because we're gonna win the cup nine well, times nine times <laughs> but it, and i really mean that i saw that today and i thought to myself man Mane must have literally looked at the africa cup of nations and thought to himself the only saving grace if somehow senegal doesn't get out of the group stage is I'll be back to score five against Palace. <laughs> but unfortunately, oh, he won't be here. But we record nine times. will be going to Wembley. We will be winning that trophy for the ninth time. That's to right. To all of our listeners here tonight, I want to thank Scott and Jamie for joining. All of our folks who commented on Facebook, on um, YouTube, who joined through different areas, the folks listening on the pod, people in Discord. We appreciate you all very much. Please like, share, remind people that we're doing this Thursday night. 
And uh, we'll be back on Monday to preview the match on the weekend and get ready uh, for next week's upcoming matches and talk a little bit further about maybe wrapping up this terrible January transfer window and where and what we will be focusing our Liverpool angst and energy towards as we <laughs> wrap out and march on, hopefully, towards our ninth Mickey Mouse Cup. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Wembley. Up the Reds. Wembley. Up the Reds. <laughs>